But please take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2. If you're visiting with us, we are working through the book of Acts this year. Studying the idea of an empowered church. The same power that God used to accomplish all the things that we have sung about and heard today. It's the same power that is ours by the Holy Spirit. So we have access to our glorious God. And He is still changing and moving and working, even in our day. In Acts chapter 2, we see here in the section we will look through that a man named Peter stood up after this miraculous event of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he stood up with such boldness and he recounted Old Testament passages of what God said would happen. And he communicated what was happening in this moment was the fulfillment of what God had said would take place. And last week we looked at verse 22, if you would join with me there in Acts 2. It says, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in the midst, just as you yourselves know. This man was delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You nailed to a cross by the hand of godless men and put him to death. And as we took time last week just to begin what is called Holy Week and walk through what our Savior did coming in as the humble king on the donkey into Jerusalem and then walking through some of the events up to the day in which he was crucified. We see in this passage here that that the Messiah was sent, the sending of the Messiah. It was clear That God did this. This was God's plan. It tells us here that it was predetermined. And it was according to the foreknowledge of God that our Savior, Jesus Christ, would be nailed to a tree. And that was the suffering, the suffering of the Messiah. And all of these things took place at the hands of godless men. Jesus was sinless. He was perfect. But God, in his perfect plan, worked with the choices of the sinful men who were in this moment looking like they were making decisions, but according to the sovereign plan of God, God accomplished his plan. And while it looked dark to the disciples in this moment, what we know happened brought great hope and joy. And as we continue, we'll see number three, the success of the Messiah. Look in verse 24. It says, but God raised him up again. God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make known, you will make full of gladness 
with your presence. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured forth this which you both see and hear. We'll stop right here for just a moment. There is a bold claim here from Peter. A confident claim. But God raised him up. If you know the story of Peter, we've talked about it. In fact, we spent all last year in the book of 1 Peter. And he here is in this moment, 50 days after he denied Christ. So let's just think about that for a moment. The night that Jesus was betrayed, this man Peter was asked by a little girl and others... Weren't you with this guy? Weren't you part of the group that followed Jesus? And the first time, he denied it. He said, no, no, I wasn't. And then on another occasion, just shortly after, he was asked again. And his response, nope, I have no part of it. And a third time, nope, I am not with the man. Jesus hadn't even died yet. And Peter, at his weakest point of faith, still a believer from my perspective, did what we would think is really impossible. How could you do that? How could you deny? How do any of us do what we do? If we're truly honest, when we live for ourselves, when we rob God of his glory, when we worship his creation rather than him, we assault him on a daily basis. How can we do that to our Messiah? And at a point of struggle and brokenness and hardship and confusion, Peter denied and he denied and he denied. And 50 days later, 50 days later, he stands up in front of thousands and says, but God raised him up. How does one go from that? How does one go through such a process of change, so defeated, so confused, so weak in the faith that a tiny little girl would throw him off his game to the point where he could stand up in front of a multitude and proclaim Jesus is the Messiah. It's the resurrection. That's what enables change. How do you go from 
dead in trespasses and sins to being made alive into salvation. It's the resurrecting power. But God raised him up. And when he did, he provided living power for all of us to be changed. It would be a glorious day. It would probably take a few days, actually, if we were to ask every single person who wrote on a sticky note today to come up here and testify of the change in their heart. We would be so, I would think, we would be so overwhelmed with the grace of God hearing over and over and over it being said, I was once this, but now I am this. True life change, real people with real stories, us. How does that happen? Resurrecting power. And if you have been changed, you know it. It doesn't mean that we don't have the weakest and hardest moments of our life and still some ahead of us where, like Peter, we would potentially even deny. But we are wrapped in the glorious love of our Father through Jesus Christ and His righteousness. And the Scripture tells us that He will keep us by that power. So the hardest of moments sends us back to the resurrection where we are reminded that we are free from our sin. That we no longer have to struggle to believe that God can change. He still changes lives because of the power of the resurrection. Peter uses David here as an illustration. Most people would date, this is a quote from Psalm 16. And most people would put the date of Psalm 16 at 1044 before Christ, B.C. 1044. Fast forward, 2022. So we have all of these years... And for us to open our Bibles today, where David prophesied of the one who would come, and he would not experience decay, his soul would not be abandoned. David believed the promise that was given to him that one day, as it tells us in this text, there would be one of his descendants who would sit on the throne. And so it tells us that David looked ahead by the power of the Spirit and gave him that prophecy. He looked ahead and he saw the resurrection. He saw the Messiah and the resurrecting power. A thousand years. One of that songs that was sung or we sang talked about a thousand generations and we think five years is forever but think about generation after generation after generation that was waiting for this promised messiah and he came and he fulfilled every single promise 
And he accomplished the purpose for which his father sent him, and that was to go to the cross and take care of our sin payment. And here we are in 2022 in that same resurrecting power that comes from our Savior's resurrection is what changes us today. And so we have great hope. And why do we have hope? Because of the resurrection. And I want to read this verse for you. And I want you to let it settle in and let it be like a healing balm. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. And when it says worthless, all of it, it's a waste of time. We're here for no purpose today. It just is something to make us feel better about a broken world. And you're still in your sins. If Christ had not been raised, you would not be changed. You would still be in your sins, and so would I. But Peter, with boldness, knowing what it feels like to be broken and weak in faith, stands up and says, but God raised him up again. When the power of God has changed you, you know it. And it emboldens us. And it strengthens us. And it gives us hope that yes, we struggle and we're broken and we're messy. But we are changing by God's grace. It's slow and it's steady And some days, it doesn't feel like there's much progress. But he's changing us. He is changing our stories. Because God raised him up again. My friend, if you're here today, you may have come because someone invited you, maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend, a relative... And you would say, all of this is brand new. This, this really is something that I have not heard before. Or maybe, maybe you have heard it and it just did not make sense before. But in these moments, as you're hearing these truths being sung by a glorious group in front, behind me and this wonderful group in front of me, and you're hearing people give lip service to the changing power of God... Something inside of you is saying, I want to know more. Let me share the good news with you today. That every single person here in this room, we came into this world separated from our God, and He is holy, He's perfect. We came in separated from Him. And because of that separation, we experience what we, we know from the scriptures, the curse of sin. And that sin was upon us from the very beginning. And so we came in really, really assaulting God of his glory and what he deserved, his holiness. And we went our own way, as the scripture says. And we lived in our sin until one day 
God provided what was promised, his son Jesus Christ, to come and pay the penalty for our sins. And all of us here who would say that we are in Christ Jesus, someone at some point, or the scriptures came to our, across our paths and we read that we did not have to stay in our sinful condition, but we could look to Jesus Christ and if we would look to him, he would save us. Because his death accomplished what we could not. And so it was a finished work that Jesus came to do. And he accomplished it. And my friend, if you will, in your condition, your sinful condition, you say, you know, I didn't come today to be told that I was a sinner. I'm sorry. I have to tell you the truth. We are all sinners And in your sinful condition, you can actually turn from that sin and you can look to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will save you. In fact, this text that we're reading right here, it says in verse 21, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that person will be saved. And you know what happened in this moment about 2,000 years ago when, when this sermon took place? This passage actually tells us in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. God did something through Peter's message about the risen Savior. God did what no one else can do. He took His truth and He pierced the heart. And what the the response was in this moment, which is the right response, They asked, brethren, what shall we do at the end of verse 37? And Peter simply said in verse 38, Repent, and each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. It's that simple. 2,000 years ago, Peter stood up after having a huge failure in his life. Because the resurrection had changed him. And he could say, but God raised him up. And if God, not, if God had not raised him, we would all still be in our sins, but God did. And so therefore, we're no longer in our sins. We're freed from our sins. And when they heard that, God pierced them to the heart, and their response was, what shall we do? And he said, repent, Change the way that you think about Jesus. Change the way that you live. Change the way that you are headed, the direction of your life. Turn to Jesus Christ. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved today, my friend. I don't know your hearts, but the all-knowing God does. And if he is taking his truth that you have heard all morning long and he is piercing your heart and you're saying, what am I supposed to do at this point? Call on the name of the Lord. Repent for the forgiveness of sins. And if you will do that, he will change you. Just like 300 so people were able to stand and say, God has changed me. And multitude others who are here this morning could stand and say the same thing because of the resurrection, because he is not dead anymore, because he has been raised. I am no longer in my sins, and I have freedom, and I have hope.
And so on this Easter Sunday in 2022, we can rejoice as God's children because the resurrection power is alive and active in our lives. And no matter how hard we struggle, so you may be on a regular basis full of anxiety. And that's your thing. You just can't get away from it. But you're running to Jesus for help. He can change you. You may be here today and you struggle with with some sort of besetting sin and you, you find yourself addicted to whatever it is, sex or substance. God can change you. You may be a a classic narcissist where you think the world revolves around you. And then you come in contact with the truth and you realize the world revolves around Jesus. He can change you. He's changing us. It's the resurrection power. Would you bow with me as we close our time this morning? God, if you had not raised your son Jesus, who accomplished on the cross the finished work for us, we would be miserable today. We would still be in our sins. But God, because you raised him up, and you brought him to life, we have life. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, you made us alive into salvation. And so we are here today declaring your glory and your praise because Jesus has been raised. Jesus, you're at the right hand of your Father this very moment, interceding for us, and you Deserve all the praise and all the glory. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And you are powerful enough to keep changing us. So thank you for sending your spirit. Thank you that we are redeemed and we have the spirit living inside of us. And so we no longer have to live like slaves. We can live according to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for the truth of your word. Would you continue to use it to be a healing ointment for our souls today? We are so thankful for all that you have done, and we give you great praise. In your holy and precious name I pray. Amen.